Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, a Disciple's Journey. Uh, we'll talk about chapters 29 and 30 of 3rd Nephi. Uh, so Mormon uh, in chapter 29 reiterates something that Christ taught back in chapter 21 of 3rd Nephi, that the coming forth of the Book of Mormon is the sign that the Lord is uh, beginning to... Un, uh, uh, the beginning of the fulfilling fulfilling of his covenant uh, of to gather Israel to gather and protect Israel. Uh, it's the marvelous work and wonder. It's the it's the on. It was the sign of the beginning of the restoration. It was a sign of the beginning of the, uh, the covenants of the father uh, that the father had made to gather Israel. It's the sign of the beginning of the last days of the of really the uh, ongoing process of the. Uh, second coming of the Savior. And so Mormon uh, teaches that and reiterates that. Elder Holland has said, Mormon concluded his description of this majestic season, the visit of the of Christ to the Nephites, by testifying that when a record of Jesus Christ's visit would come to the Gentiles in the form of the Book of Mormon, then all might know that the covenant and promises to Israel of the last days were already beginning to be uh, be fulfilled. God's covenant will be kept with all of his covenant people. No one will be able to turn to the right hand of the Lord or unto the left on this matter. And the call to the Gentiles for which the Christ, for which Christ's visit to the Nephites published in the Book of Mormon is the ultimate Latter-day Declaration is for them to claim the same covenants and promises. Allow ourselves to be gathered. Allow us to be allow ourselves be willing to let the Lord prevail, to let God prevail in our life to be a part of the house of Israel. Uh the promises, the covenant of the, of the Father to the house of Israel is that in the last days they will be gathered and protected and blessed. And it's up to us to allow ourselves to be gathered. It's up to us to be a part of that uh, blessing. As President Nelson has said, there's no other work. There's no no other thing that uh, we should, that uh, is more important, and it's the work in which we should be engaged. Uh, also in chapter uh, 29... Uh, Mormon uh, uses this phrase spurn and hiss and he says uh, well those words in 1830 English would have meant to reject with disdain or to express contempt with uh, disapprobation by hissing it's from Noah Webster's first edition uh, 1828 edition of the dictionary so, Mormon uses this language, and it's translated like that for us, to suggest that the coming forth of the Book of Mormon will be, will be pronounced by a lack of understanding and belief. That there are going to be people, just like back in chapter 21, where Christ says, Behold, the life of my servant shall be in my hand, therefore they shall not hurt him, although he shall be marred because of them. Yet I will heal him, for I will show unto them that my wisdom is greater than the cunning of the devil. Uh... For in that day, for my sake, shall the Father work a work which shall be great and a marvelous work among them, and there shall be among them those who will not believe it, although a man shall declare it unto them. Mormon's telling us that we shouldn't hiss because there's going to be a lot of disbelief when it came forth. Uh, and whether that servant that Christ talked about in 3 Nephi 21 was a reference to him, which some scholars think that it fits, Joseph Smith, which it fits, the church as a whole, or even the Book of Mormon fits the description. There were going to be people who wouldn't believe it, even though a man declared, a man declares it unto them, and they would spurn and they would hiss. And he says, Woe unto him that spurneth at the doings of the Lord. Yea, woe unto him that shall deny the Christ and his works. 
And so he gives us a warning. A woe, a woe, a woe is a warning unto us, right? Don't, uh, don't fall into that trap because you don't want woe pronounced upon you. And he also says, look, Gentiles, don't make, don't hiss or spurn or make mock of the, of the Jews or the house of Israel because they are the covenant people. They are going to be gathered. You need to join them. Don't make fun of them. Don't mock them. Don't, uh, they've, they've been, have they been, uh, punished? Have they been a hiss and a byword because of their breaking of their covenants? Yes, they, they have. But that was, that's on God, not you. That's for God to do, not you. You need to now be engaged in allowing yourself to be gathered and helping to gather the Jews in the house of Israel. So moving into chapter 30, it's just two verses and it says that, uh, it's basically just continuation of chapter 29 and what I was just saying, that it's Mormon saying to the Gentiles, all right, repent and become a part of the house of Israel. He says, turn all you Gentiles from your wicked ways and repent of your evil doings, of your lyings, of your deceivings, your whoredoms, and of your secret abominations, and your uh, and your idolatries, and your murders, and your priestcrafts, and your envyings, and your strifes, and from all your wickedness and abominations, and come unto me and be and baptized in my name, that you may receive remission of your sins. And be filled with the Holy Ghost, that ye may be numbered with my people who are of the house of Israel. And this is written for us in our day to the Gentiles. Because if you think about it, it'd be weird. That's interesting. Why would we want to be a part of the house of Israel? They've been scattered abroad. They've, they've been punished for their disobedience. Why would I want to join that? Well, because in the last days, the covenant of the Father is, as a, and the sign of that beginning is the Book of Mormon coming forth in us, in here, the, uh, to us in the latter days. But, in the latter days, the, the promise of the Father is that the house of Israel would be gathered and be blessed and protected. They are the covenant people. They are That's who's going to receive salvation. And how do you join the house of Israel? By making covenants with the Father. Because the house of Israel is what? A covenant people. That's how they became his people, is through covenant. So how do we become the house of Israel? Is by making, keeping covenants. So he says, yeah, don't... You don't make fun of them. What you need to do is you need to do your, you need to be the house of Israel now. You need to join the house of Israel and gather Israel. Uh, Mormon seems to be heavily influenced by what happens in Third Nephi and his uh, writing down of the history of Christ's visit. If you look at the last what he writes and um, it's in his. If you look at what he wrote down, and then you start to look further in the, ahead in the future in, in the book of in his book Mormon when he talks about his life and what he goes through and what happens in fourth Nephi with the downfall of the society and everything. Uh, we see that people started to reject what had happened. And Mormon uh, in writing to us warns us of the same thing happening in our day. And that in the last days, the Gentiles would reject the teachings of the Lord and grow rapidly in wickedness. Uh, and, He would, I mean, I think that he relates to us in our day because he saw the same thing in his day. And so to close out third Nephi, as I just read verse two, he tells us the antidote to all that. It's come unto Jesus Christ, have faith, repent, be baptized, be filled with the Holy Ghost, that you may be numbered with my people who are of the house of Israel. And that's Mormon's plea to us uh, to close out third Nephi. Uh, thank you for listening. And I appreciate uh, you listening and your thoughts and, and uh, what you share with me. Uh, next episode to wrap out this week will be covering Fourth Nephi. It is uh, quite a bit longer, obviously, than chapters twenty nine and thirty, uh, and covers, like I've said in the introduction of this week, about three hundred years of history. So, 
we'll get to that. I hope you join me and thanks for listening.